Welcome to a Rocky Start Podcast. This is your host, Brian Argot. On a Rocky Start Podcast, I gather some of the best minds in sports, whether that's athletes, any sports professionals, and sports writers, on their story to what got them to the game or through their sport, because we all have a Rocky Start in life. Today's guest is with athlete Stephen Benedict. He's a professional track and field athlete and Olympic trails qualifier. Stephen has ran some of the world's most prestigious races, in addition to running the Adidas Classic Diamond League and U.S. Nationals. He's been featured in over 50 national and international magazines, such as Train, ESPN Magazine, Men's Fitness, Men's Health, and Fitness RX. Like most guests on the show, Stevens had a rocky start in his life, starting off in his childhood when him and his brother had to be placed in the foster care system because they were in an abusive home. And then even going on later on in life when both of his parents had passed away a few years apart. But growing up in the foster care system has taught Steven a few things. It's taught him resiliency and it's taught him how to persevere, which he's putting that all to the test as he's trying to qualify for the Olympics once again at a later stage in his life. Steven and I talked about a number of things, including his up and coming book, Good Morning Superstar, which is your daily morning intervals that help you develop the endurance to run the greatest race of all, life. I'm excited to bring you that episode here next, but first, here's a message from Atlas Menswear. Are you an athlete who has had a hard time finding clothes that fit right? Muscular men have very few options in clothing brands, especially when it's time to dress up and look nice. Atlas Menswear has the perfect solution for you. With innovative clothing made specifically for athletic and muscular men, you'll look good and feel great. Try their competitor series button-up shirt with athletic stretch room for your chest and a flattering taper to your waist. Go to atlasmenswear.com and use promo code ROCKYSTART for 20% off your entire order. Again, that's promo code ROCKYSTART for 20% off your entire order. And here's your show with Stephen Benedict. Have you always lived in California? Uh, no, I was back on the East Coast. That's where I was originally from, like New York area. For our- okay, what, what brought you to L.A.? Uh, athletics, my training with my new coaches. Yeah. Nice, nice. So how did you uh, get into uh, sports to begin with as, as a kid? Uh, that was actually, so kind of like just from the, from the start of things is, you know, I didn't get into sports until after I got out of foster care. So like my first like real kind of uh, introduction to sports was martial arts. And that was, you know, by my parents, they opened up the doors for that. I did judo for 10 years and, um, you know, that was really set the platform and the base and the foundation for the discipline and the aspect and, and the whole, um, due diligence and work ethic for sports that kind of, you know, kind of shaped my background after that. Nice. Can you, t- can you take us back to, uh, when you were a kid, um, you, you had some hard upcomings, from there going into foster care? Yeah. So I was put into foster care when I was about four months. And then I was put back into my mother's hands not too long after that. My brother was born and we were living in a hotel rooms and motel rooms in a very unstable situation, a lot of abuse and a lot of neglect going on. And then we were put back into foster care about 
for about another five years. You know, moved up and down the East Coast in out of homes. And then we finally settled in Randolph, New Jersey for about three years, which was our most permanent situation until we were ultimately blessed enough to be adopted uh, together by two uh, exceptional great uh, parents. And uh, oh, from when I was reading, you mentioned your 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 parents then had a passed had a passed away when you were uh, as a kid as well. Uh, so not to about ten years later, you know, after after high school and after we you know have been kind of developing the whole family aspect and and really getting involved in sports and getting through high school. It wasn't until our mid twenties, like so, I was twenty four when my mother had passed from bone marrow cancer, losing her battle after a year. And not only about three years later, my father, we lost him to an irreversible coma when he was down in Florida. He got thrown from a golf cart visiting his brother and uh, just hit his head in all the right, uh, in all the right areas, which ultimately put me in the position as the oldest to have to take him off life support or make that decision to do that. Oh man, that's a really hard. What kind of effect did this have on you and your brother? Uh, a very profound effect on us. Our relationship it took a toll on our relationship. There was a lot of, you know, there was a lot of uh, fighting and bickering going on, and uh, there was a lot of disconnect there for us. Uh, and you know, it just took a wear and tear on us. There was a lot of things that were thrown at us: mortgages, uh, the houses, setting up funerals, and just all that stuff that was just not to be expected. And, you know, really just um, hit us, hit us back to almost brought us back to square one. Uh, I usually like to say is when, you know, we were brought back to kind of that instability aspect of being in foster care and unsettling feelings. Yeah, no, I can't imagine how tough that is, you know, especially like kind of going in and out of it as much as you mentioned, Mm -hmm. Uh, does not seem easy. As being a professional track uh, athlete and a Olympic trail uh, qualifier, what what kind of motivation did this like push for you? Um, honestly, that took a that took a big hit on my motivation. It took a, a big toll on you know what I was kind of. I had to really. There was a lot of pruning and a lot of uh, different aspects of soul searching in that period of time, and and trying to figure out who I was, who I was as an athlete, who I was as a man, um, which has still has still taken a toll on me and it had still um, had to work through a lot of things, especially within this, you know, quarantine time and, and a, a lot of time to reflect and a lot of time to do a lot of soul searching and stuff like that. But it definitely, it definitely um, kind of shook the pillars of things and made me question a lot of things. And, you know, that's one of the main reasons, you know, I, I did pick up and leave and move from the East coast to the West coast to kind of try to start anew, but uh, there was a lot of residual aspects that came with me that still needed to be worked through. So um, there was there was a lot of uh, a lot of filtering going on. How, how old were you when you first got into uh, um, athletics, as far as running? I was a freshman in high school when I first started getting into track and field, uh, but before that, I was playing a plethora of sports, whether it be you know, getting involved in martial arts, play baseball, soccer. Um, my next big venture was football. I played that all the way through my freshman, sophomore year in college. So, and uh, with 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 all that going on from there, 
did you uh, start, you started up a foundation called a, a fostering success. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, sure. Uh, that was, that didn't come to later, you know, probably within only within the past two and a half, three years that was developed. And that, that kind of was birthed and sparked when I came back from Italy training for a while. And, uh, you know, I really wanted to do something that was bigger than I was, but still stayed intact with the pieces of what my core values were as an athlete, as a man and, and, and what my story was. So it was kind of, it's kind of split off from that. And the, the core of it is to really change the face of what nonprofits look like, what they embody and what they're really supposed to do as far as making an impact. And it's all about, you know, advocacy for reformation of, you know, the adoption foster care space, um, but adding in other entities, tangible pieces of like a documentary book where I pair athletes and, and foster kids together and document their day together, a gala, and then ultimately building out a, um, a very dynamic foster care home that enables foster families to rely on each other, but also give them a community outside a community. I, no, I love that, man. That's awesome. Is this here in Los Angeles that you started it? Yes, it is here in Los Angeles that I started. And uh, we're actually getting the major launch for it uh, coming the beginning of 2021, which will be um, probably mid-January to early February, as I've been having a lot of talks and, and a, a lot of meetings with um, some several other uh, really good-minded people around it. What kind of uh, advice do you have for adults that have been in your similar situation as far as going from foster care to maybe growing up now, like still having that void of, you know, not having parents? Do you have any advice for them? Yeah, I think uh, and I think this is this is just in general for everything. I don't think it only pertains to foster care adoption and um, kind of trying to find your voice, but. I think it's an identity aspect and, and especially nowadays with everything that has gone on and the seclusion and the isolation and everything we've uh, we've lost track of who we are, what we stand for, what our values are, and then also how to communicate and also how to have relationship. Um, so I think all those things play a factor in it. And I, I am not a professional at that at all. <laughs> I'm, you know, still growing and, and still learning myself and learning to communicate better and to learn, learning to have, you know, solid and healthy relationships. And, you know, also just really knowing who I am uh, authentically and organically and being able to represent that in the best way, shape or form that I can in the position that I am right now, where I am in my growth period right now. And um, I think that's, that that's the biggest key is just knowing who you are, knowing where you are in your in your specific spot, and just working with what you got. Yeah, I want to talk about your core values a little bit. I know you strive strong on that. When you mentioned like the the void of like you know not knowing who we are, do you think a lot of that has to do with technology? You think technology interferes in our life a lot more? Of course, I think that plays a big part in uh, in, in things, and it it pulls away our confidence in who we are. Right. So we start relying on we start relying on technology like social media and the news and everybody outside of who we are to tell us who we are instead of knowing who we are at the core of things and sticking true to that. 
What are some ways that you would recommend to get away from that for some people that, you know, find that struggle if they are addicted to their phones or social media? Um, I, I definitely, you know, obviously limiting time on that stuff, uh, you know, pulling yourself away like slowly but surely and having less phone time, um, you, you know, focusing on other projects that really that really bring value to not only you, to, but, but to the community around you. And also developing community around you, you know, like having core people around you that you can hop on the phone with or you can go meet in person and and just talk about life and talk about things like that. Like, you know, it's become a it's become a substitution for the the human needs. And and all that with it really has taken a big toll on our personal relationships too. You know, it's like, we'll be sitting down having, you know, dinner or even lunch with a friend and, you know, we pull out our phones and like, you know, we might be in a, in an engaging conversation. And, you know, I think it is important to set that aside and to realize like, this is the t- this is my time where I hang out and talk to Steven you know, during this like interview. It's like no distractions. Yeah, definitely. I, and it's, it's about carving out the space that what for things that matter. Right. And I don't think we do that enough because we're so on the go or we're just we've we just haven't built the habits up, you know, and it's all about making sure that you're I'm a I'm a strong believer in the sense of that. If your cup isn't full, you can't fill others, you know, and what I mean by that is like if you're always trying to give or if you're always trying to um you know, you're not filling your cup. You're not making you. You're not adding more value to your life. Your cup is always going to be not enough in order to bring enough to others' lives. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, it. We, you know, we lose out on I think opportunities with people as far as like how we could possibly help them, as far as like you know just staying engaged with them. You know, some people might be hurting. We might not know it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and then uh, going from from that into, you know, I want to go back to your sports background and, you know, talking about your core values and all that. You know, you, you had ran for Nike. What was it like going through, like, the process of even qualifying for the Olympics? What Olympics was that? Uh, 2012. The 2012 Olympics, nice. What, what was that What was that process like during that training? Um, Very, I mean, I'm in the process now, so it's, a bit different than I am, a bit different than it was then because there was still, I was still, I was kind of living two different lives, right? So I was living this very elite athlete life. And then I was also hanging around with the wrong people, doing the wrong things, dabbling in the wrong things. And it was like almost like a split personality aspect. So there was a lot of high anxiety, high, a lot of high tension in there. And, um, just wasn't conducive for the environment to produce, you know, and ultimately, you know, it, it ended up in disaster. So, um, so yeah, it, 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 uh, it's, it's a very, I mean, any athletic, any type of performance, any type of demand that you need to perform and you're expected to perform at a high capacity, there's always, there's always that realm of, you know, how can you, how do you, how do you perform under pressure? Right. And that's on a daily basis. 
and I think that's a process in which we all need to to learn and we, we all need to. And it doesn't matter what. It doesn't matter if you're in business realm. It doesn't matter if you're in the athletic realm. It doesn't matter if you're in, in the home realm. You know, these are all these are all areas in which we need to perform and we need to perform not only for not only for ourselves, but we need to perform for the people around us. And you feel like now that you're going through it again, you feel like you have all this around you at this point? Yeah, I'm in a totally different position now. Um, I have great coaches around me. I have a good, you know, and um, I'm a lot more, I want to say a lot more stable than I was. Uh, And, um, you know, I think for, for the first time, there's a lot of pieces that are in place that haven't been in place for a very long time. So like my, my place, my provision, um, my purpose, and, you know, my parameters in which I need to perform. All of these aspects are, are in place right now. And I feel solid. I feel like my feet are on solid ground and it's, it's translating over into the other areas of my life. I got it. When the, when the Olympics qualify, qualifiers do come around, how does that kind of process work? So you, you qualify, then you get ready for the Olympics. How far is that out? So you qualify, you qualify for trials and then at trials, you have to qualify for the team. So it's, you know, it's, it's several levels. It's not only, Hey, I qualified for trials. Now I'm on the team. You have to, when you qualify for the, uh, for the trials, you need to qualify for the team. And that means, you know, coming in probably anywhere in the top five, because they'll take top three as individual races, and then they'll take top five for alternates to compete, you know, for like relays and things like that. So, I see. I see. How old are you, by the way, doing this now? Um, I'm old enough to make this my last one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, never old enough. Have you, yeah. Michael Phelps? Man. No, He's no, a... that's true. And you know, it's like it's not. Um, you know, I, I don't, I'm I'm not a big believer in age, so I don't even like. I don't even like even play in that that sandbox because you know I've seen some really incredible things and the body can do some really great things and uh, as long as you keep your head on 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 a swivel. So, yeah. What what kind of training are you doing now? Like as opposed to maybe you weren't doing eight years ago when you're going through this. Um, I think it's a little more refined now than it was. Uh, and like I've been through several of the top coaches in the world and had the experiences and and know what works for me, what doesn't work for me. So I think it's a, it's a more of a, a savvy approach, a more of a more seasoned approach and the way I train and with my coaches and, and what we dial in on, um, whether it be form work, which is mostly predominantly what I'm doing right now. It's a lot of form work and a lot of, you know, getting down the technique aspects of things so that when we do transition into the faster paced stuff, that my body already knows what it needs to do, but it just needs to do it at a faster rate. Do you ever get that runner's mindset? I'm a, I'm a big runner myself. I love running. I feel like it's my time to uh, unplug, unplug from the world. Do you ever kind of get that mindset? Um, mindset in, in what manner are you speaking? Like the regular like, high? Yeah, yeah. Like runner's high. Um, like that. Yeah. I mean, like, so for me, for me, my, my running time, has been very enlightening for me. It's the most, like that post run um, is my most, is the time in which I'm most clear. 
And I feel like uh, my thoughts are clear then, you know, and that, you know, my conversations in which, you know, I want to express myself in are clear. Uh, and then it, 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 uh, it also becomes a very meditational aspect for me. You know, I like, like I get, I get certain things in tune in that time. And I think it's just a release of energy and also right. of all the confusion and the hustle and bustle on the outside stuff. It's able to just kind of let loose. You know, I, t- I totally feel the same way. And that's how I explain it to people. Cause some people are like, how can you run for so long? I just get so bored. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think everybody has a certain thing for them that helps them release all the energy that you're mentioning. And, you know, I feel that once I get done with the run, I'm able to just get my anxiety down and able to focus a lot more. Like, you know, before I did this interview, I went on a you know 30 minute run to help unplug. If not, I would be in my own head. Mm-hmm. That's That's the best way I can explain it as far as how running helps my thought process. Yeah, I think it's definitely a clarity aspect. And, you know, it releases a lot, a lot of endorphins, you know, it also releases a lot of um, toxins from your body. So you're getting a very clear, um, high production rate for yourself. So, now, When did you realize that you were a good runner anyway? Uh, I, you know, I, I my first race was when I was in camp when I was younger and it was, they had like these camp Olympics and uh, they take the fastest kids from all over the, all over the state. And I happened to be the kid from my camp. And then I wound up taking third in the state for that. But it was just, at that point, it was just fun. It was just me running. And I was always looked as a, as a uh, fast kid. And, um, but I didn't start running until I was a freshman in high school. And my parents, my mother, especially, she pushed me into it. They, uh, coach saw me on the football field really wanted me to come out for the track team. And I really didn't want to. I had no, you know, thing of wanting to run. I was like, I was actually going to wrestle. And so I went out that freshman year and I wound up winning county championships as a freshman. And it just kind of, kind of, kind of stuck with me then. And it really has developed a lot in me and it correlates with a lot of the things that are very much, um, relevant to life and life situations and things like that. So, uh, it's, it's a great sport and it's, it's taught me a lot and it's built a lot in me, you know, and, uh, I, I love the soul aspect of it, that it's a one-on-one sport. It's really whatever you put into it, you get back into it, uh, you get back from it. And, uh, I think that translates to life a lot. Uh, I totally agree. You know, it, there's so many ways that it all goes full circle on how life can, you know, benefit from, from that. Mm-hmm. And you were mentioning your core, your core values earlier. I see, you know, I was noticing that on your, your website, when I was reading some articles about you, you even just did a most recent article about, about a quarantine mindset. Can you tell us a little bit how core, your core values have helped you through this quarantine? Yeah. You know, and I think our core values as a, um, you know, overall as, as people and they change, right. I think, I think they change as we develop. Um, and I think that that's healthy because it shows growth. And, but, uh, for, for most of the, for, I mean, across the board for me is, you know, my faith, um, belonging, you know, giving freedom, you know, love, things like that, you know, are, really at the relationship or, or really 
at the at the pinnacle of you know who I am now right. and I think that they have definitely played a part in not being able to be distracted although I do get distracted I am human just like everybody else and but um it, uh, I've really been able to kind of reel myself back in alignment with what I need to get done, why I need to get, why I need to do it. Um, and, you know, just to understand that, you know, today's today and I'm only worried about today. And as long as I really try to stay in alignment with as many of my core values as possible on a, on a daily basis, then that's a win for me in that day. Yeah, no, it's the same thing. Like in the in the Marine Corps, you know, we like they always taught us, like you know, what the core values of the Marine Corps is and everything, you know, upholding to like a higher standard. Mm-hmm. And when I was reading about your core values and how you know they helped you stay on track, it it uh, just reminded me a lot about the uh, the certain regiments and all the stuff that they had talked about. And I think it I think it always kind of relates under one umbrella if it's whether if it's athletics or kind of talking about a more disciplined lifestyle, like the military and all that kind of always come back around. And so when, when I was reading about your core values, like, oh, you know, it sounds like if I would have just met you, I would have thought you were probably in the military just from reading that article. Yeah. So my like, father's in the military. He was a Marine. He fought in Vietnam war. Um, oh, nice. But uh, yeah. And, 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 you know, that was, I've had coaches, I had coaches who was an ex Navy SEAL. So I was definitely around the, the, structured discipline aspect uh but i think that that really didn't i mean and, and i was always i was asked to they tried to recruit me for the marines and they tried to recruit me for the army and my father always said that if i was going to go into it go into the air force or the navy um but you know. <laughs> i just made, i just made my nephew join the air force <laughs> uh, there you go. Um, yeah i just made him join the air force buddy um but yeah i mean the the core values, the discipline aspect is that, I mean, that, that, that came a lot from not only my sports, but also my parents, you know, my mother, especially she, you know, she was very disciplined and she was very, um, she had a great work ethic and very bold. Um, you know, my father was, you know, he, he was kind of, he was like the joy of life. So it was like two very different dynamics going on there. But, uh, well, your, your your father that was in the Marines was the joy of life. Yeah, you know he he yeah. was. It's funny because when when I say that, people say say the same thing, and um, but he was definitely always always had a smile on his face. Always, you know, was always you know Christmas was always his thing, and that time of year was always his. You know, the the year in which he would want to show out the most, and so it was. It was it was funny to hear that and it was funny to see that, but, it, you know, it was definitely something that we needed from the space in which we were transitioning from. And I think that's where most of the, the aspects the resilience and all that, that push forward and the fighter, the fighter mentality was built was pre that aspect. My, it was my childhood aspect because I had no choice. It was, it was really survival of the fittest. Right, yeah, especially, you know, being you're defying the odds at such a young age already, you know, it's like this has always been kind of instilled in you in, in those times. And uh, you have an upcoming book. You have a Good Morning Mor- a Superstar. 
Can you tell us uh, who, what the book is about and who is it for? Yeah, it's, um, I'm really excited about this book. Well, obviously, it's my first book coming out. So first of first of several in the pipeline that I, you know, I really want to come out with. You know, that's been something that's been become a, a passion for me. But uh, the book's called Good Morning Superstar, and it's all about setting the tone for your day. So it's really more in the lines of like mindset, body, and also health and wellness, and then um, uh, you know betterment, self help. So it's about setting the tone for your day, and and when you get up, the first thing in the morning is like that first window of twenty minutes of that first window in your in your morning is the most absorbent in which your your brain and everything is just awakening your subconscious is very receptive so it's really about planting the seeds for setting the tone for that specific day only worried about that day and how we go to about accomplishing that day and so it's a 90-day book you do one one chapter a day Uh, there's a quote by some some great minds that are in there and then it's followed by a parable in which I've written that it's affected me and how I use it. And then there's two questions, an empowering um, an empowering question for yourself and then also a take action question. And I'm a very big believer in the sense that you, when we ask ourselves better questions or we ask better questions, we get better results. And, you know, that, which is an area in which I've had to develop a lot is asking better questions and not to sit back and wait for answers. No, I, I love that, man. I, I wish we would all ask, including myself, ask better questions. You know, I think, you know, just uh, if we thought about it five more minutes a day, you know, I think we could achieve more key results, mm-hmm. you know, over time. if we just totally did that. Yeah. What is your favorite? Uh, who's some of your favorite um, quotes or thought leaders from the book that you've included? Um, so I have like, uh, Tony Robbins in there. Um, I have some proverbs in there from the Bible. Um, you know, it's, it's a plethora of different people that I feel like that are, you know, there's, there's coaches in there, sports coaches, athletes in there. Um, so it's a, it's a big gamut across the, uh, across the board, uh, that I cover, but it's more about how that specific quote on that specific day has kind of kind of impacted me and tried to come across as the most authentic way in which it will translate in something else that somebody else will need to hear on that specific day to keep them moving towards whatever they're battling that day or working through or we're trying to accomplish. Um, so, so it's a pretty dynamic book. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty proud of it. And, uh, but the, the bigger aspect of it is that the proceeds are going to be going to foster families to help out them and, and to help them out with resources and things like that. So I'm really happy that I can do that. And, and uh, especially with this first book coming out. So. Yeah. Well, when is that book released? Um, I have the release date for November 1st, you know, and um, so that's what it's looking like. It's going to be an ebook and also a paperback book, you know, so you can, you'll probably, you'll be able to get it on all the platforms, Amazon and um, you know, and, and all those good places where you get your books and things like that. And then, uh, you know, I, I chose November because November is, is world adoption month. So okay. uh, I figure it correlated pretty well. Yeah. Or I'll put that in the show notes as well for the pre-release. Yeah. Yeah. Release. I'll have a pre-release coming out. So that'd be great. 
Uh, is there anything else that you would like to say that you, you haven't already said? Um, no, I think, you know, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm just appreciative for the time and, and, and the space in which to, to talk and whatever your listeners gain from this, you know, that's, that's great. And I, I hope there's, you know, there's bits and pieces for everybody and, and that, uh, you know, it, it brings value to them. Thank you so much for your time and great, great luck to you on the Olympics. I hope you qualify and get in, in there. I appreciate it, Brian. Thank you very much. Thank you again, everybody, for tuning in to today's show. I really hope you enjoyed this one. It's the first one that I've had with an athlete. I know we didn't talk a lot of sports content, but that's what the show is all about. We're talking about athletes and sports professionals, rocky starts in their life. And Steven is the perfect example of one of them. Please go check out and subscribe to his books. Come out November 1st, Good Morning Superstar. And also go check out his foundation, Fostering Success. Thank you guys for all tuning in to today's show. I hope you have a great day. Thank you.